The American Council of the Blind presents ACB Reports, a monthly news magazine featuring topics of interest to people who are blind or have low vision. I'm Mike Duke. This month... A special interest affiliate of the American Council of the Blind turns 40 and new resources for dealing with vision loss. Welcome to ACB Reports for September 2019. In addition to its network of state affiliate organizations, the American Council of the Blind includes a number of special interest affiliates. One of those special interest affiliates, the Council of Citizens with Low Vision International, is celebrating 40 years of achievement and advocacy. CCLVI President Sarah Conrad of Madison, Wisconsin, explained the purpose and goals of the organization during the recent conference and convention of the American Council of the Blind. It's a privilege to be able to speak a little bit about CCLVI with you this morning. We are proud to celebrate 40 years of serving the low vision community. We are also happy to celebrate 40 years of partnership with the American Council of the Blind and its other outstanding affiliates. I'd like to take a few minutes this morning to highlight CCLVI's purposes and how we advance those purposes. One of our purposes is that we deeply believe in and advocate for the right of people to use any amount of vision they have. We celebrate vision of all types and stages and encourage the use of appropriate services and technologies to use any usable vision. Another purpose is that we pride ourselves on offering a space for people with low vision to share their stories and concerns. We also effectively educate the public about low vision. We provide outreach to support people with low vision And finally, we offer support and encourage research on preventing further vision loss. I'd also like to highlight a few ways CCLVI has and will continue to further these purposes. First, people with low vision make up a large percentage of the visual impairment community. We offer a place to gain support and advance advocacy efforts for many people. Our affiliate also provides a place for people of all ages and life stages. The diversity of life experiences in CCLVI greatly influence our historical, present, and future success. In addition, CCLVI's concerns are both similar and unique to the concerns of the blindness community as a whole. Having some usable vision offers its own set of unique challenges. I've heard many of our members talk about the difficulty of having one foot in the blind world and one foot in the sighted world. That can be a tough place to stand. But we also identify with concerns of everyone in ACB, such as accessible prescription labels, transportation access, and technology. CCLVI should be proud of its crucial and unique role in advancing ACB's and CCLVI's missions. One other area that I'd like to highlight is that CCLVI invests in the future of the visual impairment community by offering our own scholarship program for students with low vision and other visual impairments to succeed and grow their abilities. 
On a personal note, I want to share that CCLVI has given and will continue to give me a place to belong and opportunities to help make the world a more accessible place for all people. And I know this feeling is common among my CCLVI colleagues and friends. Although I wasn't alive 40 years ago when CCLVI began, I sincerely thank the founding members of CCLVI for bravely setting out on a journey to serve people with low vision. Although our organization has changed greatly from what it was then, I imagine many of our fundamental goals and purposes are still the same. As we celebrate our first 40 years, we also look excitedly to the next 40. Our work has significantly influenced ACB and will continue to increase the opportunities in our world for people with all levels of visual impairment. In closing, I'd like to thank ACB for being an excellent parent organization for CCLVI. It is our deep desire to continue partnerships across the organization. It is an incredible honor and privilege to help lead CCLVI into its next 40 years. And I sincerely thank all of CCLVI's leaders and members for encouraging our efforts. Congratulations, CCLVI. Thank you. That was Sarah Conrad, president of the Council of Citizens with Low Vision International. From the American Council of the Blind, you're listening to ACB Reports. When you can't believe your eyes, vision loss and personal recovery is a new book that contains helpful information for anyone who is experiencing vision loss. Its author, retired personal management skills teacher Hannah Fairburn of Santa Cruz, California, tells us how she started on this project. Today is uh, very exciting, first of all, because I'm here and in among all of you. In two weeks' time, a book called When You Can't Believe Your Eyes is finally going to get published and it will come in print and in an accessible version. This book has taken just about 15 years to get from the first idea which came about at the Carroll Center where I taught for 18 years. The Carroll Center for the Blind is in Newton, Massachusetts and it's an adult training facility, a private agency. I started teaching personal management, which is all that good stuff about cooking and cleaning and grooming and, you know, going to stores and all this. And it became clear after a little while that as well as knowing how to do all these activities, you had to know how to speak and act so that when you were in various situations, in restaurants, in stores, when you're somewhere like this, finding the toilet, just ordinary everyday things, you had to know how to speak and how to act so that you would get treated as a competent adult, and indeed you would be a competent adult, but you would not be either aggressive or compliant so very gradually, starting in about, well, 2000 actually, we began to have at the Carroll Center interpersonal skills classes 
first of all, for the kids coming to youth in transition programs, the 14 to 20-year-olds or 22-year-olds would come and we'd have large group classes where they tried out all kinds of interactions and generally got their confidence up about how to stand and how to act and what to ask for and really how to coach the person they were talking to who would very often be highly dependent on seeing even for when to begin to speak um, how to coach the person you're talking to so they give you good information and if you need assistance good assistance so gradually this idea of teaching interpersonal skills spread in the Carroll Center until most adults doing residential programs would have at least six weeks of one or two classes a week in this interpersonal skills. People really enjoyed the classes. When we were doing small group classes for three or four adults, and if you've got a group of people that you know who have visual impairment, you know, who live with blindness, this is a great idea. I really recommend it. You get together and you do role-playing of any awkward situations that any one of you doesn't quite know how to deal with. And, you know, one of you is the salesperson or the waiter, and one of you is the blind person, and or one of you is the parent or the bossy daughter or whatever it is. And you work out how you are going to deal with this situation in an assertive Way And assertive doesn't mean kind of being high-handed or rude. It means being positive, firm, clear, specific about what you need. And as I said before, coaching the other person in what it is you need. Because people who use sight as a dominant sense as we all know, have very little idea, usually, of how to make themselves useful or give you information in a useful way. Anyway, gradually this uh, got into a bigger kind of a thing and I started a website with a weekly blog called Vision Loss and Personal Recovery. And then there was a focus group of previous students, alumni of the Carroll Centre, and we'd meet once a month and have a long session on some topic that everybody thought was important. And they'd come at it from the point of view of different eye conditions, different degrees of vision loss, and so on. So I learned a whole lot from that, also from commenters on the blog, and most of all from all the people who were in interpersonal skills group, other teachers at the Carroll Center, and from over a hundred long interviews with students and clients who I would ask questions about how they socialized, how they did shopping, you know, what was happening at home and so on. And so gradually I began to realize that people, almost everybody, needed a real how-to guide and resource for dealing with vision loss, especially in the first year or two or three or four, because you know how trying to get used to it and deal with it goes on. And also for young people beginning to leave home, they also needed a real accessible guide 
to how to deal with things, along with plenty of good resources. I retired in 2016 and then started the hunt for a publisher. And luckily, I'm married to somebody who's an editor. And so he really, you know, when I first started writing, he said, after a bit, he said, do you know what a sentence is? And the answer was no, well, not very clearly. Uh, So anyway, he kind of cleaned it up. And there's now quite a short book full of bullet points about what to do. There's many, many sections. It's 12 chapters. The first third of the book deals with people new to vision loss. And then the second two-thirds is about how to become more assertive in your daily life, how to become more of a competent adult. It doesn't tell anybody what words to use or what kind of tone to use because that's a very individual thing. It gives you kind of ideas of how to go about it. The book is called When You Can't Believe Your Eyes and the subtitle is Vision Loss and Personal Recovery. By the fall, it will be available as a talking book on Bard. And I, I hope also the publisher will agree to let it go on to Bookshare. If you know people, because it went to a small publisher, I'm afraid the price is going to be much higher than I would have wished. But if you know someone who is not ready for talking books, it will be available on the companion website when you can't believe your eyes.com. Because of some fundraising, it'll be available to people new to blindness or who've got a big income drop for just a few dollars. So when you can't believe your eyes.com, thank you very much. When You Can't Believe Your Eyes, Vision Loss and Personal Recovery by Hannah Thaburn was published in July. For additional information about the book, visit whenyoucantbelieveyoureyes.com. Mike Duke, and you're listening to ACB Reports for September 2019. Our subject this month is vision loss. Lee Nasahi of Winter Park, Florida, is the new president and CEO of VisionServe Alliance. She tells us about the objectives of this organization. Thank you very much. I am the new, relatively new, since March 1st 
chief executive of Vision Serve Alliance. Vision Serve Alliance is a national association of leaders of nonprofit organizations with missions of serving people with blindness or low vision. Our purpose is the facilitation of executive leadership development and networking leadership opportunities in order to strengthen capacity and impact in the field of blindness and low vision. We're an international association, but most of our members are in America. And all of our members at this point are either uh, leaders of a nonprofit organization or an associate member. We do have a, a new category of membership for individuals who are involved in this field as well. And we have four associate members. Our members include organizations like, yay, ACB. So thank you very much for belonging, ACB. And AFB, APH, many lighthouses, dog guide schools, private schools for the blind, all across the country. We have 118 members, and we hope to continue to grow that. Our official address is in St. Louis, Missouri. But as was mentioned, I actually work out of my home office, which is in Central Florida. And um, prior to working at Vision Serve Alliance, I was the CEO of Lighthouse Central Florida. So I've been involved with um, this field for a long time. I have a, a son, an adult son, who is blind and has other disabilities. And we will be joining ACB as well and attending the conferences here forward. I am thrilled that ACB has joined VSA and honored to have been asked to serve on its advisory board because there are many things that ACB and Vision Serve Alliance can collaborate on. We're looking forward to many great things over the next few years. I'd say the most important thing is assuring that our mutual consumers are connected to each other. So persons who are receiving services at our member organizations need to know about ACB and the wonderful benefits it offers. And we can assure or encourage that that happens. And vice versa, we'd like all the organizations across the country who are involved in service to people with blindness and low vision to know about VisionServe because we're a network of leadership. It is the leaders who come together to share great ideas and help each other to be strong and bring back ideas to their own organizations to enhance its impact on the field. So there are three initiatives that Vision Serve is involved in right now that I'd like to share with you. First of all, building on the important work of the 21st century agenda for aging and vision loss that was spearheaded by AFB for several years, Vision Serve Alliance has been working with many of the advocates across the country to create what we are now calling the Aging and Vision Loss National Coalition. The steering council of that coalition includes Clark Ratchville of ACB and about 15 other leaders across the country who are involved in assuring that older persons with vision loss have the resources and services they need to live well. The group has determined that its focus will be three things. First of all, raising public awareness of the needs and appropriate services for older persons with vision loss, as well as connecting older persons with vision loss to the services and resources they need. 
So public awareness is one. The second is enhancing funding for services for older persons with vision loss. And we'll be looking at more than just federal funding. What are the state and local resources and networks that we can leverage to assure that uh, services are better for people? And then third is increasing the pool of qualified personnel to serve older persons with vision loss. An age-old problem that has certainly not gotten any better, but we'll have a group focused on that. And we will be looking, again, outside the box. What are creative solutions in addition to trying to get more people enrolled in university programs? What can we do to assure that personnel, say, allied health personnel, know what they're doing when they're working with older persons with vision loss? So we're excited about those three foci. There is a subcommittee being developed for each of those foci, and we have co-chairs, and they are reaching out now to recruit additional members to those subcommittees. That's the first initiative I want to let you know about. Secondly, VisionServe Alliance has been piloting electronic referral system called Vision Refer for about six months now in earnest. This was developed as an easy button for eye care professionals who only need to enter a patient's address and that patient would be directly connected to the local vision rehabilitation service provider. The service provider then reaches out to the patient and shares info with the doctor as they move through services. So we have 50 service providers who are involved with Vision Refer now and we're hoping to have all of Vision Refer's members involved in service provision become uh, connected, registered with Vision Refer. And then the big task is getting referral sources, primarily physicians. We want physicians to register. It's super easy for them to do that. We need everybody out there in the community letting doctors know that this resource exists. We also understand that it's not just eye care professionals who can make referrals. I understand ACB gets a lot of calls from people wondering where where services are. So ACB could register as a referral source as well and have an easy way because it will directly refer people based on their address to the service providers that serve that area. It's in pilot status, but we are gathering in Orlando the day after tomorrow with most of the organizations who have been involved in the pilot to talk about what's working, what's not, and what will uh, 2.0 look like and and trying to continue to improve that. So we, we are hopeful that this will take off and really assist in providing direct connect to services across the country. So the last thing, last initiative I want to share with you is that VisionServe Alliance is going through strategic planning and is changing its direction a little bit, analyzing and finding out what it is that our members want. Why do people belong to VisionServe? And the biggest answer, the most popular answer I received in interviewing, calling, having focus groups with our members is... As a leader, they belong to VisionServe because they want to be part of the national conversation, the national community that cares about our services in our field and wants to make an impact. So while we provide two conferences a year that traditionally have provided leadership training, 
and topics that are relevant to our field, there's more that our members want. They want to be part of a strategic conversation nationally and making a difference as we move forward. So the board of VisionServe Alliance made the bold decision that its fall conference in Atlanta, Georgia, will be very different than most conferences we, well, than any conference we've ever had at VisionServe and, and most conferences you'll find around the country. VisionServe Alliance is opening space for the future of living well with blindness and low vision. This will be a conference, sort of an unconference. That is the topic, living well with blindness and low vision. We are inviting leaders from across all sectors in this field, not just members of VisionServe, who care about this and want to come and spend two and a half days to talk about great ideas, share initiatives that are working, um, and move the conversation forward. So we will be issuing our official invitation on our website and through the mail actually conducting a, a PR campaign about this because we want everyone across the country who might care to be a part of it to hear about this and join us. And then the information that we gather through those two and a half days, we will share with everyone. So the great ideas will be out there. Who knows where it's going to go? We're not expecting, you know, like a, a, a strategic plan, but there will be great ideas and we'll all get a sense of where the national conversation is right now. So check out on our website if you'd like more information about that. That should be out in another week or two. The leadership of VisionServe, which is every member, is now focused on future impact and we're all eager to collaborate. Thank you, Eric, for joining the movement. And I'm looking forward to working with all of you at ACB. Thank you very much for having me. Lee Nasahi, president and CEO of VisionServe Alliance, along with the other presenters heard on this program, was recorded during the 58th Annual National Conference and Convention of the American Council of the Blind, which was held in Rochester, New York, in July of this year. You've been listening to ACB Reports, heard on radio information services nationwide and throughout the world on acbradio.org. ACB Reports is produced at Radio Reading Service of Mississippi, a service of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Contact the American Council of the Blind online at acb.org or phone 800-424-8666. Thanks for listening, and please join us again next month for another ACB Reports.